Latvia Weekly, your independent guide to the news in Latvia. Hello, dear listeners. Hello to Copenhagen, Denmark, Sofia, Bulgaria, Blacktown, Australia, and Rocky River, Ohio, the United States. Some of the cities that we are listening in. This is Otto Tabun speaking, and it will be my pleasure to speak with you for the next half an hour. As today, my colleagues Joe Horgan and Olive Snickers are joining the other listeners of the program. But this will certainly be no one-man show, as we have prepared a little surprise for the sports section with some of our friends that many of you perhaps know very well, and hope that you will enjoy this uh, this time with our new sports correspondents. As usual, let us start with the crowning glory of our motherland, Riga. It seems that fiscal karma may take some jewels out of it. As Riga Satiksme extra subsidy state budget gap will be filled by allocating less income tax to Riga, as reported by Letta. As we reported already, the administrative and financial structure of the Riga Municipal Transit Authority, Riga Satiksme, makes the European Union count its budget as part of the national one, which is most important in regard to debt where Riga Satiksma debt is recognized as part of the national debt, subject to Eurozone guidelines to an acceptable upper limit. That means that the government subsidy directly affected the money what may have been allotted to health, education, defense, etc. At the same time, we have to remember that all income tax is divided between national government and municipalities, proportional to their registered inhabitants where the municipalities receive at least 80 cents of each euro you pay as your income tax. So the government will decrease that proportion to Riga to balance out what was taken to make the extraordinary subsidy. This precedent may indicate tougher times for Riga, the city I and 600,000 other people live in, for which already it is more difficult to get a loan for new development due to the corruption scandals, and now the government has presented a mechanism of how to not allow financial short-sightedness become a rule in the city we love. Despite the dire straits Riga Satiksma is sailing through right now, no one seems to be throwing the first stone, especially not Vadim Zbaranniks. As he considers that there are no grounds for bringing former Riga Satiksma board members to court. Hopefully the same argument will not pave the way in regard to the alleged corruption that seems to have inflated the prices for trams and trolleybuses that pleases our eyes and our seats. Yet another spectacle that will not please either our eyes or seats or our noses is the trashy tango which seems to be taking its toll after the competition council placed an injunction on signing waste management deal with the new corporation Tiriga, putting into question who will take care of what the Riga citizens throw out. Meanwhile, the companies currently providing for 88% of municipal waste management would be able to continue in the temporary interim period that should start after September 15. Government has declared an emergency situation today in Riga in regard to this. And uh, whereas I hear no sirens yet, I hope no senses other than our hearing will be disturbed as a consequence of the sticky scenario. 
As a result of the emergency, no new contracts need to be signed yet, and with the prices set to not heap up, hopefully neither will the municipal garbage. Taking a look at some other politically musical chairs, they seem to have stopped playing them in the Riga City Council, with Mr. Burovs, the new mayor, being elected to the chair of Riga Freeport, which indicates that the new municipal coalition will very well float until the next election, in contrast to some other items, where the different factions that lead Riga have managed to keep their mind on the political and economic influence, topping any interpersonal displeasure dug up on the way. I would like to sum up the first domestic news with anything they can block, we can block louder. As the new Conservative Party has halted the budget process by raising the point of contention over Liepai prison and the time when exactly the construction should start. The construction of the prison has been planned for 2022. However, uh, Minister Bordans would like to have it done earlier. There has been a tender for it and the winner has been announced. At the same time, uh, Minister Bordans wishes to cancel this tender as the name of the winner came up in the corruption investigation involving the alleged construction cartel. Although a modern prison is a real necessity, especially to avoid losing European court cases on inadequate prison facilities, it is not clear whether it is motivated by this or rather used as a bargaining chip to have the new budget follow more on the new Conservative Party's program in other areas. In addition to this, the selection of the new chief civil servant at the Ministry of Transport, overseen by the same party, has been derailed by the Minister Linkites, refusing to employ the selected State Secretary-to-be, or political neutrality clause, as the person in question is a member of Atisti by Par, which is another member of the coalition. While this case seems to be going to the court, this is yet another example of YKP being very outspoken of the personnel policy of public administration from the university to the ministries. Further on, the Minister of Finance has announced that the minimum wage could be raised to 500 euros in 2021. As a result, we can conclude that the new Conservative Party dominates the budget debate as this was also one of their suggestions, and the party seems to be showing off that it is the largest coalition faction and should have a bigger saying, with increasing success so far. Stepping back from party politics, we have to look at the whole of the parliament, which, after its return from summer recess, was spoken to by our President Levitz. In his speech, he indicated a variety of priorities he sees as important for the parliament, especially in the process of forming the new budget. More specifically, he noted funding for public media, state support for political parties decreasing their dependence on individual donors. He also mentioned the question of system of higher education, as well as combating economic crime, especially through reviewing the procedural laws covering them. In addition, President reiterated his suggestion to establish an independent state council that would support and strengthen SIMA in its legislative work to improve the quality of laws adopted by the parliament. Meanwhile, ex-president Veyuans will speak with the Corruption Prevention Bureau as a witness 
in the case involving allegedly 10 largest construction companies in Latvia under the suspicion of large-scale graft and abuse of authorities in the sector. As reported by Letta, the Competition Council is investigating the alleged breach of the competition law and the Corruption Prevention Bureau has opened a criminal procedure. So hopefully this will be another good step in resolving corruption, especially in the construction sector, which has been quite pestered by this problem. Then, taking a glance back at the parliament, which has just come out of the summer vacation, we can find yet another proof that politics makes strange bedfellows, as the former KPVLV, Harmony and National Alliance members of the parliament set up a new Saima group or a faction, joining together the deputies who have left their respective parties and now will serve in this faction until the new election and possibly achieve more together than on their own. The new faction will consist of Ms. Yulia Stepanenko, Mr. Aldis Gopsems, Mr. Didzi Schmitz, Ms. Karin Sprude, Ms. Ingona Ribena and Ms. Linda Liepinja. As we reach the rapid fire of other news, let's start with the statistics that in the second quarter, the average gross wage has increased by 7.8%, reaching 1,038 euros per month. At the same time, renewable energy consumption has decreased by 4.5%, whereas we still are among the top three countries in the European Union in regard to the renewable energy consumption, after Sweden and Finland. Police has seized 300 kilograms of drugs and arrested six people connected to this in the latest drug heist in our country. In Liepaja, a new student radio channel has been launched and we can be most sure that it will keep running because a new 200 kilometer electricity line serving 11 municipalities in Kurzeme has been finished providing much sought-after level of energy security in the region of Latvia most prone to power outages following stronger winds. And as you remember, in Liepa especially, that is the city where the wind is born. Looking on healthcare, the Minister of Health has announced that hospital levels will be reviewed, some possibly downgraded uh, due to the uh, changes in statistics of how many people actually go to them, and possibly some of the resources taken away from the downgraded hospitals will be given to regional general practitioners instead. Switching to education, the minister has been successful in stopping the state providing for free lunches for the pupils, stating that it is her job to provide the education and the content, whereas it is the responsibility of parents to feed their children and for the municipalities to help them to do so if that is a problem, uh, especially when the budget for education and science has increased much slower than has the budget of the municipality. In contrast to some other changes that she has been pushing for, this seems to have gone through with little controversy. This is it for the national news, and before we check out sports, let's cover some international events. First of them is of course the new European Union Commission team which has been announced under the leadership of Ursula von der Leyen, the former defense minister of Germany. 
As the BBC has reported, uh, Valdis Dombrovskis, uh, the representative of Latvia, is to stay in the commission and apparently uh, is planned to have the position of an executive vice president. Meaning that uh, Latvia and a representative of Latvia will keep a quite high position in this very important institution of the European Union. More specifically, the European Commission is the executive branch of the European Union, responsible for proposing legislation, implementing decisions and upholding the European Union treaties and managing the day-to-day -day business of the European Union. And this was formerly led by Jean-Claude Juncker and had Latvian Valdis Dombrovskis, our former Prime Minister, as one of the Vice Presidents of the Commission. Turning from Brussels to the Estonian border, the mayor of Valga has proposed a special joint status for Valga and Valka, the sister cities on the border of Estonia and Latvia, which used to be a single city before 1920, when after the wars of independence and the formation of Latvia and Estonia, the British Border Commission divided the formerly joint city in two cities each belonging to the each country. Now being in the European Union, there is no internal border in the Schengen area, also between these two cities, and the connections between two of them are very strong on individual level, especially, and uh, that of course is a bother when in many cases uh, you have to travel with your uh, IDs because uh, it is an international border, nevertheless, and um, the mayor of Valga is proposing to have the special status to avoid situations like a visit between two schools which would require both parents of each of the children to have a written permission cross what would be an international border but at the same time is the same city where one educational institution has its fence right near to the national border. Looking at other gaps that need to be closed the Baltic and Polish ministers of agriculture have agreed on a common declaration in regard to the European Union's common agricultural policy, which deals with direct subsidies that the European farmers receive. And in the case of Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania and Poland, these farmers in these countries receive a comparatively lower subsidy than the farmers in the Western European countries. And the difference may be even uh, 2.5 times between what a Latvian farmer receives and what a French farmer receives. And so the ministers have agreed on a declaration in calling for the European Union to keep the subsidies for these countries to at least the level that they have received before and to try to uh, decrease the gap between the Central and Eastern European countries and the Western European countries into achieving equality. Also, the declaration mentions the possible effects of hard Brexit on the agricultural industries of these countries, asking for the European Commission to find possible solutions in a situation like this. And now, for some change of pace, let's hear from our sports correspondents of Latvia Weekly, Joren Steinhauers and Oliver Schlegel. Hello, dear listeners. This is 
Latvia Sports Weekly and uh, with you is Juran and Oliver. We're on the way back from Liepāja to Riga. We were watching a under-19 international football match between Latvia and Cyprus in beautiful Liepāja. The under-19 Latvian football team won 2-1. Let's say we saw some good players but I think they still have to improve to get to the national team of Latvia, right? They have to gain much more experience. They also have to improve their technical, tactical and also physical skills. Especially to help the Latvian men's football team because like as we've seen yesterday they lost against North Macedonia with uh, 2-0 at home and this is only um, the top of a dreadful season of uh, losses in the past time isn't it? That was the sixth loss in the sixth match of the European qualification for Latvia in the last five matches Latvia didn't score a single goal oh dear but they conceded 18 goals. Can you believe that? That sounds like absolutely no self-esteem in the team. There's no self-esteem, no self-confidence at all. They're getting now the bill of not investing anything in Latvian youth football. Well, last year I remember Latvia was losing against Gibraltar and I couldn't really believe my eyes. Like the new Slovenian coach, uh, we were all full of hopes, right? Slavisa Stojanovic came in the beginning of this year, knew that this job will be very tough, but I assume that he could not imagine how bad the Latvian football team is. Personally, I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, he would step down? If he will step down in the very near future. There was this 6-0 defeat against Austria and yesterday it wasn't even better though we have to say many important players weren't in the squad yesterday. A few players couldn't play because of injuries. Majorly Marti Zorschs from uh, Xamax Neuchâtel, Rakels from Riga FC. Their performance in Austria was a complete nightmare and therefore Stojanovic, the coach, decided to give some new players, also some younger players, a chance to gain experience on this international level. Well, interesting idea in general, uh, but yesterday when I was watching the game, it didn't quite work out because like Latvia conceded two goals very quickly and afterwards they were kind of getting better into the game, but uh, all those players who play for foreign clubs, they couldn't really help Latvia to become more secure in the game. So I was quite surprised to see how helpless Latvia plays on the pitch. They are helpless right now. There is very, very little strategy in the game. Hardly a terrible organization. Otherwise, they wouldn't concede so many goals. The number of players who play in stronger leagues is... Uh, probably the smallest since many, many years. There are a few players playing in Switzerland, there are a few players playing in Poland, maybe in the second league, but there is no player who is playing for a big European club, isn't it? No, absolutely not, and uh, that's no wonder because of lack of quality. So positive news we've got from a Latvian club, which is uh, FC Riga. They did quite well for the qualifiers of the Europa League. Correct. Riga FC was able to eliminate two champions of other European leagues. Yes, Gliwice from Poland, then HJK uh, Helsinki from Finland. That was very positive. And also their performance against a very strong team from FC Copenhagen, the champion of Denmark. They lost the first leg in Copenhagen 1-3. That match they played with, I think, seven or eight Latvian players. In starting 11, the rematch in a very full Skonto Stadium with more than 7,000 spectators. They won it 1-0. was enough to achieve uh, to the group phase, but the overall performance was very positive. What an uplifting uh, event for the Latvian football in general. The hope is not lost, we can say. Um, the hope is not lost anyway in hockey. Latvians would say hockey when they're talking about ice hockey. The KHL has 
started again. And uh, the KHL, Oliver, what does it stand for and how is the Latvian competitor Dinamo Riga doing? KHL is the abbreviation for Continental Hockey League. This is the league governed by Russia, a few other nations participating there with one team each. Dinamo Riga is the team of Latvia, of course. They have many, many fans here in the country. The start and the season was not bad, especially the first matches at home. The two away matches were not that positive, especially the loss in Helsinki with 2-7 to seven was quite severe. Now on Tuesday they have a chance in Moscow to improve again before the next home matches are coming. One will be on the 16th in Arena Riga. There's another Baltic country making headlines at the moment in basketball. Why is that, Oliver? Now there's the Basketball World Cup just going on in China. Now the quarterfinals have started. Unfortunately, our neighbor Lithuania did not qualify for the quarterfinals. The reason was a defeat, a very unlucky defeat against France by three points. The entire country of Lithuania is very upset about the two referees. Apparently they made a major mistake a few seconds before the end of the game that didn't allow Lithuania to equalize. Do you have the feeling uh, Latvian people are sympathizing with the Lithuanian basketball team as it's the only Baltic team in the basketball championship? Yes, I, I do think so. There is a strong audience here in Latvia for basketball, especially since Kristaps uh, Pozingis is uh, such a successful player in the NBA. Latvia is unfortunately not qualified for the World Cup. All the attention is on Lithuania, I assume. Now Lithuania has the last chance to qualify for the Olympic Games uh, 2020 in a qualification tournament in June next year together with also Germany. That's the last chance for our neighbors to participate in Tokyo 2020. Well, the last chance to get to Riga on time is uh, taking part in our rally now from Liepaja to Riga. We're in the car. We're very happy to present Latvia Sports Weekly for you until next week. Bye-bye. My name is Joran. My name is Oliver. This week in history, we have to remember September the 11th, the birthday of Rainis, a Latvian poet, politician, playwright and translator. Reines is one of the top Latvian literary luminaries of all times, known for authoring key pieces of national romantic literature and, among others, a world-renowned translation of Faust by Goethe. An intellectual power couple together with his wife Aspasi, which is why they both have streets named after them in Riga, they were at the forefront of progressive and liberal values at the Latvian Second National Awakening in the turn and the beginning of the 20th century. Social Democrat by conviction, he brought these ideas to Latvia in 1893 and which was one of the reasons why he was deported to Russia in 1897. Later on he emigrated to Switzerland together with his wife and they both returned to Latvia in the 1920s joining Latvian politics. Reins was elected to the parliament and he served as a Minister of Education. He did have the ambition to become the president, but as a Social Democrats, his party was in the opposition, he lost this position to Janis Čakste, the first president of Latvia. The best known monument to Rhines is situated at the very heart of Riga, the red granite guy you must have seen if you visited at the Esplanade, which hosts the annual Days of Poetry celebrated on his birthday today. Some people say Rhein's works are complex, at times difficult, yet I know of people who say that Rhein's poetry helped them to find inner strength during tough times, such as while deported to Siberia. 
you have the chance to judge for yourselves. For example, Vils Inde had translated Rainer's work Golden Horse, which you can find in the National Library of Latvia, as we discussed this in detail with our guest Karina Pedersson on our show earlier this year. I know that Rainer's works have also been translated in Georgian, Ukrainian and many other languages, making it possible for many of you to get some insight into the literary soul of the Latvian language. If Need for Speed applies to you, then so does The Week and Future. I recommend you to go to the Bitternik Sports Complex this Saturday and Sunday, which will host the International Automobile Federation World Championship Round. This will join some of rally legends as Peter Solberg, Matthias Ekström and Sebastian Loeb, as well as some of the Latvian emerging autosports talents Reynis Nitish and Janis Baumanis. This is all for today, and let me, Otto Tabons, thank you for joining me in looking at the second and third week of September in Latvia. To find out more, please visit Latvia Weekly Facebook page as well as latviaweekly.com. Thank you once again, and be so welcome.